0: Let's see here. Good morning. morning. Happy Hoop Fest weekend. Oh, no. There we go. Let's max this baby out. We are in Luke. Maybe not that high, huh? Before we get into it, I just, um, I know I say every time I come here what a joy it is for me to be here, but I just want to truly tell you that I love being here, I love preaching, I love being among friends and family. Um, I, I really don't feel like there's anybody who, who casts stones from this uh, congregation, um, it's, it's, uh, wonderful to be here among you this morning and I just want to say good morning. Well, wow, I thank you. Hey, got love going uh, both ways here. All right. Well, that kind of loosens me up a little bit. Hey, we're in Luke, um, and we are in Luke chapter 13 this morning. We're going to be going through 13, 22 through 30. And um, I have uh, done quite a bit of preparation for this morning, and it's one of those things... Um, it, it gets listed under a parable, and parables are just difficult. Um, parables are tough, and actually they're meant to be that way, and, and so that makes it even tougher, um, because if Jesus is trying to make something tough, he does a really good job at it, you know? So we're going to be wading through that this morning... Um, And we are going to be diving into a very difficult text and one that is kind of um, hard to understand. So before before we get into that, I just want to say right now something that I'm not saying. All right? Something that I'm not saying. I just have to start doing that. I don't want to confuse anybody. But over the course of this morning, you may get the feeling that I am preaching salvation by works. And that's not happening. Okay? I'm not doing that. I'm not saying you have to work and earn your way into heaven, right? All I'm doing is repeating the words of Christ, and, and they are hard. But I'm not saying work your way into heaven, okay? We all got that? Okay. Let's pray this morning. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, would you send your spirit to us this morning? Would you put your spirit of mercy and truth in my mouth as we open up this... Uh, your, your holy word together, as we dive into it, will you send your spirit to exegete this passage for us and with us, and Father, that as we apply it to our lives, it, it would lead us to your kingdom and to your presence, as it was designed to do, in your holy name we pray, amen. Let's read the text together. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. This is Luke 13, chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter... Tw- you know what I'm trying to say, Heather? 13, 20, there we go. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer you. I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west, from north and south, and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. Amen. <laughs> I'm imagining myself being one of the disciples following Jesus, you know, through the Bible here. And he's on his way to Jerusalem. And uh, and we all know what happens at Jerusalem, right? The Christ crucifixion, death, resurrection, and his ascension. That all happens at Jerusalem. Christ isn't there yet, he's heading there. And as he's heading there, he's teaching lots and lots of people different things. Now I imagine myself being one of those people who's just drawn to Christ. Who's following behind him. I've got this great burden on my heart. And I need a straight answer. And I say, Jesus, I'm worried about all those people out there. Tell me, do they get into the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus' answer is, strive. Strive to enter the narrow door. Because the master's going to get up and he's going to close the door. And then, there's going to be a lot of people who are knocking on the door saying, Master, let us in." And he's going to say, I don't know who you are. I don't even know where you're from. And you're going to say, no, no, no. We ate and drank with you. Remember? You taught us in the street. And he's going to say, no. I don't even know where you're from. You're so foreign to me, I don't even know where you're from. Get away from me. You're a worker of evil. And you're going to watch... As all of your faithful heroes, the people you studied about, went go into the kingdom. And tons of strangers. And you yourself will be weeping and gnashing your teeth outside the gates of the city. And I imagine myself looking at Christ and going, so should I mark down yes or no for for many people are are going, can I get a straight answer out of you, Jesus? Um, And Jesus is sort of famous for this. He walks around and he speaks in parables. And, uh, in fact, in the parable of the sower, Jesus tells his disciples why. He says, I'm speaking in parables so that the people who see will not perceive, so that the people who hear will not understand. In other words, the people who want to dismiss me are going to have a fantastic opportunity. But for you, he says to his disciples, for you, the secrets are being given you're going to know. You're going to know. So, here I am, following Jesus, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm asking about all of the different things. And it occurs to me that Christ's use of parables is not just an escape from giving a straight answer. But this man who questions Jesus is inadvertently putting himself in a place of judging God and God's actions. He is saying, in essence, God, I want to know how you deal with other people's sin before I'll be ready to let you deal with my sin. I want to judge you based on this hypothetical question. We're not in relationship yet, sort of like, and you're dating and sitting across the the table from the other person, you start asking all kinds of difficult questions, waiting for their response because you want to know, is this going to be worth my time and effort? In a sense, when this man says, Lord, the people in heaven, will they be few? The people in the kingdom, will they be few? He is trying to make a judgment about Christ's character. And Christ's response is a message to him directly. And in a sense, what he says to this man and to me as I read the text is, Hey, this isn't about those people, is it? This is about you and me and the kingdom of God. And listen to me. You're missing it. You have to strive to enter by the narrow door. This is the picture I have in my mind of this particular parable. I imagine... That there, is, that there is this great concrete wall, you know, so high, so thick, so wide. And on one side is us and, and all of the, the normal life we have right now. But there's this utopia on the other side. There's, there's this, the kingdom of gods on the other side. Perfectness is on the other side. And, um, and I'm walking along one day and I see a, a crack, a, a crack in the concrete. And and it's you know narrow. It's not a wide crack. It's it's narrow. It's a passageway. It's an opening into the kingdom into the kingdom of God. And and I go up to it. And now I'm I don't know what maybe 18 inches wide, right? But this crack is like 10. And I can look. I can see the kingdom on the other side. And I, as I'm peering through the crack. Somebody peeks their head in on the other side. They go, hey, come on. It's great in here. Come on in. It's wonderful. I go, no, no, no. The, the crack's a little small. Where's the, where's, where's the place people go in? No, no, this is it. This is it? Yeah, this is it. This is a, this is a doggy door. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get through there. Oh, yeah, you can. But you got to work. I mean, you got to squeeze through you don 't get a dance through here i 'll tell you what. Pop one arm through and then your head, okay, This is how we start, <laughs> and, and I imagine me saying to him well i don 't know, I, let me go grease up in it first and get a running start and i'll and'll and i 'll and I'll dive and get uh, lodged in there, nice, good and tight, and then we can start and I imagine myself halfway through. Halfway through, with people tugging on my arms and my hair, me screaming and trying to get through the crack, Jesus says, That's what getting into heaven is like. That's what it's like. And uh, this is difficult because we have created a theology of cheap grace. We have told people, and I think um, dang- we get so close to being dangerously wrong. And we say, You want to get to heaven? Maybe it's easy. It's so easy, it's so free, it's so cheap. You say this little thing, do this little prayer, you're in, baby. And while I don't mean to make light of of Christ doing all the work, what I'm saying is Jesus' words here seem to run contrary to that. If we're going to take the words of Christ seriously, perhaps acknowledging that there's a gate is not as easy as it is. Perhaps walking up and looking at the crack in the wall and saying, hey, there's a crack in the wall. That's all you have to do, right? Just acknowledge the crack. Just acknowledge the narrow door. Jesus says, no, 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 no. In fact, it's good that you know there's a door, but what good is it if you don't go through it? He says to this man, brother, the hour's getting late. Let me tell you something that you don't know. The master of that kingdom is going to figure out that there's a crack and he's going to seal it up and you're going to come in and you're going, wait, hang on a second there's where's the the crack? I I mean, the door's closed to this narrow passageway and you're going to knock on it and you're going to call the Lord perhaps even by name hey, open up the crack and you're going to say "Uh, no, I don't know who you are you don't belong here Yes, I do belong here. I knew about this crack a long time ago. Yes, I do belong here. I talked with the guy through the passageway. I, I even peered through here a long time and, and watched the celebrations and the feasts. Did I not eat and drink with you? Did, did you, Master, not walk in my streets? I know you. I know your teachings. And the Master will say back, no, sorry, I don't. Uh-uh. And then, and then, you're going to watch as everybody else has, comes to recline at the, at the table in the kingdom. And you're going to be mad, really mad. You want to know why you're going to be really mad? Because you have built a fantastic case for why you get to get into heaven. Listen. If you expect to go up to the pearly gates and have an argument, any argument for why you should be in, you're wrong. You're not getting in. If you're not in the kingdom already when the gate is shut, you don't get in. If you have... And this, I, I filled out an application one time uh, for a Christian organization. And it said, it said, you get to the, you get to the pearly gates... And God says, why should I let you in? What's your answer? And I wrote down on the application, well, I know Jesus. So he sort, of, he sort of let me in. But what this parable says is, no, those people who are out are out. It doesn't matter their arguments for why they're out. They're out. The people who are in are in. And actually, there's a lot of people who are in. <laughs> but when they seal the gate, God doesn't come up to the gate and say, all right, guys, File up here and start bringing to me your case of why you get to get into heaven. It's actually really sobering. It's really sobering because because sometimes I get to thinking, how do I know that I'm saved? How do I know? And I have been taught to do this little theological hi to my fears, Right? And that is saying, I signed this little confessionary pledge thing on the front of my Bible. It's got a date on it. It's got blah, 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 blah. Whew, I'm saved. And I think that, that the words of Christ here say, well, if, that's what you, if you bring that Bible up with you to heaven and you say, hey, look, I signed this thing. I think maybe you won't get in. Not because Christ's work isn't good enough. Again, it's not about works, but because you actually never entered the kingdom. And signing a pledge of acknowledgement that there's a narrow gate, that the work has been done, that the concrete wall has been broken, the temple veil has been cleaved, that the separation from heaven to earth has a loophole. Signing an acknowledgement form that, that exists is not the same as actually Going through the narrow door. It's not the same as climbing through the loophole. It's not the same. How do you know? How do you know if you're in the kingdom or not? Right? And Jesus says something. If you're reclining at the table with the master, you're in. Not, Not just eating and drinking with him because that's part of their argument, right? But when... The people who are really mad that they're not into the kingdom of God is because they're not reclining at the table with Jesus. So, so I don't, I don't want to get too deep with my observations. See, parables are not supposed to be explained by a preacher for the mass consumption of their congregation. That's not what a parables for. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus get this parable? Did he understand what it was about? Or was he just making some stuff up and talking about it and somebody... No, he understood what it was about. Why didn't he explain it? It's a good question, right? Did Luke get it? Did Luke understand what Jesus was talking about? Or did Luke go, no, I don't know what it is about. I better just write it down. I think Luke got it. I think... When Luke went to record, when Luke understood, I'm going to die, and maybe I should record everything that I know to be true about Jesus, he wrote down the important stuff. And this parable was very important to Luke. Why didn't Jesus give us an explanation? And why doesn't Luke help us out? Why doesn't Luke write the parable and then go, look, this is a tough one, but (laughs) it took me years and years and years to figure it out, and I figured it out. Look here. Why doesn't Luke do that? Because that's not what parables are for. Parables are not... A preacher's not supposed to walk into a parable, tell you exactly what it means, give you three easy steps to uh, apply the truth and send you on your merry way. Parables are meant to be wrestled with or dismissed. There's no third option. So, the only way you can wrestle with this text or any text... Is by repetition. It's by letting it saturate your soul. It's by begging God to give you revelation. So let me ask you a few questions that may just help you wrestle. Let's say, when you die, you're in the kingdom. Jesus asks you, hey, you remember when you came through the narrow door? Do you remember that experience? What would your answer be to him? Yeah, I do. That was fairly traumatic. I do. I remember that, Jesus. What exactly are you remembering right now? What are you remembering? Let me just talk about, for me. Because parables can mean different things. They can't mean anything. You can't make them mean anything, but they can mean different things. Let me just... ...tell you what that means, what the narrow door is for me. It's God's forgiveness. It's God's forgiveness. It's something that you can't get through wearing anything. To squeeze through, it tears all the buttons off your clothes. Your belt's going to give way. Your shoes are going to kick off as you're getting through. When you get into the kingdom of God... It is like a baby being born, right? That's a real narrow way. Does a, does a, does a baby, when, he, when the baby comes out into the world, they look like they've been through a prize fight, right? They're beat up, traumatic. They come out, they're not singing, right? They're screaming. And I, that's how I came through God's forgiveness. Screaming, you know, it hurt, it's oh, so wonderful at that moment after the mother's holding the baby, and what is what is the picture? How do you know that the baby is safely out? Everybody goes, just starts resting, right? Everybody, there's like the the air just gets let out of the room. Oh. Let's lay down. Let's the baby sleeping right there. He doesn't have a care in the world. He's got a little fleece cap on. Mama's wrapped in the blanket, you know, every, and it's just restful. That's how you know. If the baby hasn't been born yet. There's a lot of screaming involved. There's a lot of pushing. There's a lot of movement, activity. Does that make sense to you? God's forgiveness is like, accepting God's forgiveness is like being pushed through a really, really narrow way. And when you come out, you, the work that has been done has been so mighty. And it's not because you've done all the work getting through, right? How much work does the baby do to get out? Any mother will tell you <laughs> that actually mom does pretty much all the work. Does the baby have to do some? Yeah, they got to, you know, they can't be breached. They can't, you know, can't come out like this. <laughs> <laughs> But that's really it, right? Right? Don't see a hand come out pulling on the blanket and the baby jerking itself out. Ah! No. Right? Like those visual pictures? (laughs) The self-surrender, the shedding of pride, and the acknowledgement of needing Jesus is the narrow way. And when you get on to the other side, here's the crazy thing about it, you have to actually get to know, you have to get to know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is free based on his merit. But there's a relationship that has to take place. Let me give you a hint. For me, checklists don't make relationships. When you say to yourself, I have been through the narrow way. I am in the kingdom of God. How then shall I live? If you pull out a big checklist and you say, okay, one, I'm going to, two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, and then after I get through this, then me and Jesus are going to be, does that work for any of your other relationships? The master, Jesus, speaks this parable because it's a personal invitation to a man who's struggling. Jesus makes the claim later, just to make it really clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The question is not where is this crack in the concrete wall. It's who is the crack in the concrete wall? Who is the narrow way? And Jesus says, that's me. Nobody comes to the Father. Nobody gets to the kingdom except by me. They have to follow me. They have to call me Lord. And I will pave the way and they will come behind me. This is a personal invitation that Jesus is offering to this person who's asking him. He's giving a personal invitation through parable to you and to me and to everybody around us. And he's saying, come through the narrow way. Come into the kingdom of God. I want you at my table. And I'm going to tell you right now that it's going to be really hard to get there. But you can You can Strive. There's a difference in this parable. He says two words. He says, strive that you may get in because, I tell you, there will be people who seek and are not able. There's a difference between striving and seeking. The word strive here is the same word that they'll translate into um, battle, wrestle, beat, strive. Christian salvation is not a logical, rational experience in which we say, I assent to this truth, this truth, this truth, and this truth. It's a striving. If your Christian faith is not marked by striving, you need to, you need to go over this parable and let it soak into your soul and see what the Holy Spirit tells you. Because the master wants you at his table. The master has provided a way. And no, it may not be easy, but it is reliable. Let me give you one more picture of maybe what kingdom life could look for you once you strive and get through the other, on the other side. right? Maybe you could go back to the crack in the wall and kind of stick your lips through and say, hey, it's over here. Maybe when you see a head pop through, you can grab it and pull. (laughs) Maybe when you hear noise right outside the crack, you can drop down and say, hey, 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 hey. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the narrow way. No, there's not any other way. Oh, I know that everybody else is saying there's a gate on the other side of the on, on the other side of the uh the the city, but you're going to travel all day and it will be night before you get there and you can't get in that way either. it doesn't exist it's going to be too late if you don't come through this little crack right now. Come with me. Is that concrete enough Do, Are those mental pictures that I'm giving you? I understand it's just sort of furthering the parable. But I hope that you have an opportunity to start taking these pictures and asking God, how does this look for me? I understand this morning, um, they say sermons are like a meal and I'm sort of handing you five pounds of beef jerky and saying like, chew on it and head on out. Um, If you don't chew on it, it's, It's not going to go bad, um, but it certainly won't fill you up. If you don't take these truths, if you dismiss them, you've missed the opportunity. You've missed the invitation. This invitation only can be made good by wrestling, by striving. I want to encourage you this morning to strive. And if you don't know what that looks like, if all the pictures I have given you still is going, I don't know. Let me just give you this brief instruction. Read this parable. Read it a few times. Ask God. The Holy Spirit is way better at me than at, at revealing truth. And he will do it for you. So that's just step number one, is to spend time in this particular text and ask God to reveal to you his truth. He will, but it takes wrestling. And two, would you pray, would you pray for those people who think, who think they're going to get into the kingdom of heaven because they have a really fantastic argument to give to God? They have ascribed to all the right truths and yet have not gone through the narrow way. Would you pray for them? Because it takes a work of the Holy Spirit to show those people that they have never gone through the narrow door. And would you also seek to be used by God to bring other people into the kingdom? Because he's prepared this lavish feast. And if you're eating at the table, it's not right To not occasionally shout over the wall like, Hey, the steak's ready. Come on in. It's really good. The food's good. The fellowship's good. Come on in. You have to do that at least occasionally. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I ask that we would wrestle hard with getting through the narrow way. I ask that you would show us how you have done the work, how you, have, how you have made the way that you would help us to go through. I pray that you would continue to forgive us as we need it, that you would continue to show us what it means to live in the kingdom of God, that you would send us out to invite those people who are poor who are hungry, who need to rest, who have been adopted into your family, I ask that you would help us to to bring them in. Jesus, most of all, most of all, would you continue to protect us and to keep us safe? Father, I pray for this congregation. I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to anoint them. That the tongue of flame would rest upon their heads. That they would fearlessly and boldly proclaim the narrow way. That they would fearlessly and boldly be at the table. Jesus, I pray that your love for this people would be tangible to those around. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. above me a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing, know that the Lord, he is God, it is he who made us and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and is faithfulness to all generations. Amen. Have a good week.